Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode I speak to Scott Eddy and Siebes Gerard about their filming adventure in Kenya. Welcome to the show Scott and Siebes, thank you very much for coming on. How are you both? Doing well. Very good, man. Scott, you've come on before on the show. Seeps, you haven't. So Seeps, if you just explain a little bit about yourself, and then I'll come on to Scott afterwards. So I'm uh, based in South Florida. I have a marketing company here, and we try to focus a lot on travel, tourism, and hospitality uh, video production, and then mix that kind of with what we do online. So over the last you know five, six years, have been fortunate enough to travel to some very incredible places, um, you know, be able to capture some insane experiences for our clients and just be able to showcase some things that, you know, you can't really get to witness unless you have video, you know, things that photos can't necessarily do or written testimonial. So me and my team really, that's what we do. We come in, we build campaigns and we go out, film and uh, create some awesome content that we can distribute online. Scott, just explain a little bit about yourself again. I come from the investment banking world, and then I lived in Europe and Asia for 15 years, 17 years. And while I was there, I started the first digital agency in Southeast Asia. And we were sort of the biggest for five years. I sold the agency, built up my personal brand. Now I do it completely nomadic, traveling around the world, working with travel brands. And me and Siebs actually met about five years ago. And since then, it was just a perfect fit, two pieces of the puzzle. And now I do all my campaigns with him. We'll come on to your trip to Kenya, which is what we've what I've brought you on for. I want to ask you, actually, Siebs, the company that you said you work for, is your media company. So just tell us a little bit more about the company itself. I was working in e-commerce about you know seven eight years ago, kind of live in the cubicle lifestyle, if you will, and found myself kind of asking the question, you know, is this it? Uh, Seeing people do these other incredible travels and things online. And I kind of wanted to figure out a way to reverse engineer that. So initially, actually, I started uh, and the plan was to build a web design company. So I could just work from my laptop anywhere in the world using the internet, uh, you know, kind of live that nomadic lifestyle. Ended up that coding and myself didn't work out as well as me with visuals. So it kind of happened where uh, I bought a drone and just posted a photo online. Someone said, hey, can you come take a photo of this house for me? And that led to an event video and that led to a law video. And I just kept kind of going in that world with content because I started to see how important content was becoming online and knowing all the kind of back-end knowledge I had from working in e-commerce and doing a lot of things online, I said, what if we can kind of merge these things and figure out ways to, you know, do more of what I wanted to do and do what more of my passions lied in. And that was travel, nature, adventure, 
Um, you know, being able to, like I said, just get out there and showcase some of the incredible beauty that this world has that maybe others aren't as fortunate to go do or just haven't been there or don't even know these places exist, you know, uh, and we'll get to it when we talk about Kenya, you know, some of the common misconceptions, I guess you would say with, with people about certain travel destinations. So just over time, just continued filming. I mean, we, me and Scott, that's how we, we met. We met through Instagram. Uh, we started shooting Sunrise every day here when he was home, which was probably only two weeks of the year, but, <laughs> you know, a day here, a day there. But we kept, I just kept going, kept going, kept going, started to build a team under me. And then we did a couple big campaigns that really kind of launched us into the tourism world more. Uh, we did a big campaign for Lufthansa where we flew over to Germany. We were actually the first people to film on a commercial flight in the air. Um, we did a campaign for Visit South Africa. We did a campaign for Visit Florida here. So it's just been a constant, like, this is what I love. You know, um, I don't consider this work. It's seven days a week. I want to just keep doing this and keep putting out more content and sharing these incredible things. And that's where the partnership with me and Scott connected because I was really focused on the content side of things. And he has a distribution platform, essentially, you know, the personal brand he's built up over the past 10 plus years, the reach you get on just in 24 hours, it's like, oh, cool. We just hit a hundred thousand views. It's like, what? <laughs> I'm at a thousand, you know? So uh, we kind of just started combining and figuring out ways to essentially provide more value with the clients we're working with. You know, not everyone knows what they're doing. Not everyone has the biggest budgets. Not every company or, uh, you know, brand is in the same spot within their business. So everything, you can't take a one step approach to all, you know, that's really where too working with Scott on the digital side, especially internationally, you know, not a lot of people have that knowledge and experience. So we've just been going and going and going. And Scott, what appealed you to work with Sieb? Was it his work ethic? Was it the business itself? I am good at very few things, but the things that I am good at, I dial in and I go very, very deep. And I actually have zero desire to learn other things that would take a lot of time away from what I currently do. So I have zero desire to become the best videographer in the world. Um, I don't want to invest in the equipment. I don't want to take the thousand hours it would take to learn it, to practice every day, this and that, because that would take away from what I'm already doing, which works. So why not partner with that perfect person who wants to grow, who wants to be aggressive, who, when you're not working, is all they want to do is shoot. So that is a big problem. Um, and I've ran into it. Seabs has ran into it. It's a, it's a big problem in this industry. People that actually want to learn and, and move forward and, and just keep getting better and better is all shooters want to do, is all filmers want to do is shoot, is film. No matter if they're working or not working, they're tinkering, they're learning, they're, they're diving into YouTube videos, learning a new turn or transition or whatever it is. And that's all he does. And that's all I do. You know, this morning, um, I didn't go out for the sunrise. It was cloudy. I had a call here with Singapore. 
But while I was on that call, was all I was doing is going through and unfollowing and following new people on Twitter. That's all I do is tinker around with my platforms, with my brand, and try to make it 1% better every single day. Because that one tweak could mean more engagement. It could mean that connection that gives you your biggest deal ever. It could mean anything. I mean, how did we meet, Chebs? You know, we met from somebody that I connected with on Instagram or Twitter a, a while ago, and then they introduced you to me. Now we've done, I think this is either our second or a third podcast episode for your yeah. for your personal podcast. Yeah. And we did the radio show yesterday. So you just you never know. And and now, yeah. I mean, we'll be friends forever. Like, I already we've, we've already met as well, actually, in person. So we met in Greece recently as well. Yeah, yeah, we have. And I kidnapped you for 24 hours and you, you know did. <laughs> a short <laughs> lunch turned into you know, pretty long, long day. And also we met the following night as well. Yeah. Went out for drinks and stuff. So it's pretty good. Pretty, that's, pretty, that's, pretty the, awesome. that's, the, that's the way it goes. That's the way it usually <laughs> goes. Of course you are here to talk about the trip that you took to Kenya. I want to ask you just before I do so about that trip. Have you guys ever been to Africa prior to your trip to Kenya? And what was it like? I guess start with Scott. Yes, I lived in uh, Marbella in the south of Spain for a year. So I used to take the ferry over to Morocco all the time. Having said that, I consider Morocco a little bit more Middle Eastern than Af real Africa. Uh, and I've been to South Africa once, but only for four days, even though I have lots of friends there. But this was my fourth trip to Kenya. And even though I, I absolutely want to visit every country in Africa, for me, a trip to Kenya is just super magical, and it just it hits on a different level. And you, Seeps? Yeah, so we did that one campaign in 2018 for Visit South Africa. Um, I was out there for about two weeks. We went all around um, everywhere, Cape Town, Johannesburg, Durban, Kruger National Park. So that was my first experience of kind of Africa and like, not just the city stuff, but being able to go do safari. And my mind was blown. I mean, just being out there in the wild, it, it just didn't make sense to me. That's the only way I can put it. Everywhere we go and you're just seeing these incredible animals and you're just out there. You're just out there. You know, it's like this. How is this even allowed? How is this going on? You know, because where I am in downtown Fort Lauderdale here, it's all buildings and this and that, you know, it's not. Very different from city life, if you will. So once I did that campaign, it was always on my list to get back out there. I even, you know, said to myself, I would love to move to South Africa for a couple months, even just to be able to kind of use it as a home base and kind of bounce around to different spots there because you realize how much incredible stuff truly there is. And then when we did Kenya, I mean, now it's like, okay, we have, when can we go back? It's like, <laughs> you know, it's got to happen now. <laughs> Talking of Kenya, so the trip itself. Now, just explain how it all came about and what was it for specifically? I get most of my business from PR agencies. Uh, and the reason for that is every PR agency has a presence on Twitter. And I was one of the early people on Twitter. So I that's my biggest platform. It's my most active platform. And I still get loads of business from people that follow me over there. So... There's a PR agency that I work with heavily out of London called Bespoke Associates. 
And the the founder is a good friend of mine, Bianca, and she had a couple clients in Kenya, uh, Safari Trails, which is a local DMC, and also a resort camp collection called Eliwana Collection. And they have safari camps all over that region, also Tanzania and all over. And we worked with both of them and we were filming for them. And it just, it worked out perfectly. I've done all my previous trips to Kenya with Bianca. And it it just, I knew exactly what we were getting. But this was the first time where I was actually able to bring a videographer. And it just... It, it made it the best Kenya trip ever. What was the aim, I guess, behind what you were shooting? Uh, did you have a specific goal? I think part of it was they were just, they just reopened the borders and kind of coming out of lockdown and whatnot. So they were trying to let everyone know, hey, we're open, we're here, you know, still just as magical, get over here. Um, and it actually worked incredibly in our favor because certain spots like the most popular spots on the Mara where, you know, there might be 20, 30, 40 other cars at times, just watching all the hippos line up and the giant crocs and stuff. We were the only car there. I mean, not a soul in sight. So to be able to, to witness everything too, but even with less kind of human traffic there was really cool as well. Um, so we were able just to get out there and show everyone like, look, this all is still here waiting for you. You know, come on out, book your trip. Look how incredible it is. Look at the safety precautions we're taking. You know, a lot of hotels and, and tours and brands and whatnot, they've had to kind of reintroduce other aspects of marketing to show people, hey, look, you, we're taking safety precautions here too. So that's been a big focus with a lot of other companies we're working with too is let's showcase how you guys are going to make sure that your guests are safe, what measures you're taking, et cetera. And that's also stuff that we all, you know, capture on video and put together for the clients and whatnot. Seebs, tell us more about the film because it's incredible some of the shots you get and what it was like really to be out there filming. The Leopard was incredible because we had just got there. It was our first full day on Safari. And we actually like we're done for the day. We were going to do a sundowner, which is basically, you know, you do like a happy hour out in the middle of the bush on, on the Jeep, make some drinks. They got some appetizers and stuff. So we head over to that. Everyone's already got like kind of a, a drink in hand. And then we get a call from from one of the rangers saying, hey, like we just saw a leopard on this side of the, the valley or something. So without even stopping, we just, we're just like, just go, just go. They're all going to want to get in or something. So he just hooks a U-turn basically. And we are flying through like very rugged terrain. I'll put it that right. way. Right. So I have my three cameras that I'm trying to hold <laughs> dots and all over the place, like literally getting airborne at times. And he's like, are you guys? And I'm like, no, go, go, go. We got to get the leopard. <laughs> we get over there and it's like, we can't find anything, can't find anything. We're trying to get in position. He's driving all over the place. You know, we see a tail here, we see a paw there. And then finally it came right out into the open. It stopped, it sat there, it looked at us. And then it looked back over at the prey it was hunting because it was right before sunset. So it was hunting a little tick tick. And then uh, 
we were able to reposition around, get to the other side of it. And then we actually saw it take off and go hunt this little tick tick down, which was so cool. Like I have video where I'm sitting there like, Oh man, (laughs) adrenaline was just pumping. So a lot of what I wanted to do in this video was not just showcase the wildlife and the close-ups. You know, you'll see throughout the video, it cuts a lot to the uh, the safari trails vehicle we were in. It cuts a lot to us, sh- like where you can see almost like the back of someone with how close the animals actually are. I've seen too many other videos where it kind of cuts from one thing to just a close-up on the animal, a close-up here. And it's like, it kind of takes you out of the context of what's happening a little bit. It could just be stock footage that they're putting in. It could just be a random animal. It's not unless you're seeing people and you'll see at one point, even we're we're driving through like a deep river and out of nowhere, this hippo just pops up 10 feet from us. (laughs) Just, and we're like, Whoa, maybe we should not be water level in the middle of this river (laughs) with this giant hippo right here. But you see how close we actually are to the action, which in my opinion is what helps truly make it feel like you're there. Like my goal is always to, you know, if you're gonna showcase a beach, let's use for an example, if you don't have people walking down the beach, it's a very different shot than two people walking at sunrise or sunset, you know what I mean? So the more we can tie in kind of like that aspect, and also I use my phone a lot too for some of the clips purposely, because that's what people are accustomed to. They're not used to people filming on a $10,000 camera setup. You know, and when they see that, obviously it looks amazing, but it's almost too unreal. When you can incorporate those other aspects, the selfie style videos, et cetera, like I feel like it just really ties the experience together for the viewer to let them know like, oh, wow, this is something I could go do, you know, versus, oh, this guy shoots for Discovery Channel. Like, obviously he's he's out there, you know? Looking, looking at it on a selfish point of view, would you be wanting to work with the i guess the likes of discovery channel in the future is that something that you've thought about actually i would love to um i've had a a photo or two featured by national geographic just from actually drone shots down here in like south florida and stuff i think there's a a lot of cool things you can do with that um i guess it would depend on the assignment you know to i know some videographers photographers you know they go lay in ant infested jungles for 18 hours a day, two weeks at a time waiting for the one shot of a specific bird. I like, I like movement. I like, you know, even with my edits, you'll see it's very fast paced. I don't want, like I edit how my attention span is kind of sometimes, you know, if I'm getting bored watching it, I know the viewer on the other end, I always just want it to, to keep moving. But we were actually with one of the best Rangers in the world, Paul, who is the guide for BBC Discovery Animal Planet. They reserve him for like three or four months of the year. And he's actually one of the guides and I I think part owner at Enidora Luxury Camp, which is uh, right there in the Mara. It was incredible to be able to go out, hear his stories, like running out of fuel in the middle of the bush and having to sleep in the car and hearing lions trying to get in in the middle of the night. You know, just like, oh, yeah, I uh, fell asleep on the couch one night with the TV on and it woke me up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) What did you personally take out of this trip from, I guess, previous trips in in the past? 
for me, it's all about the people. It's literally the only thing that matters. Um, I just spent, you know, to bounce on another trip, I just spent three weeks in Greece, as you know. I did two cruises, then in the middle, I spent a week in Athens. And one of the highlights of my trip was meeting up with you and Kat that day because, listen, it's it's wonderful going to a country and hanging out with locals and this and that, but the surprise meetings, the surprise encounters, the surprise when you meet somebody that you're going to be friends with forever. And this is what you get a lot in Africa. You know, I mean, I still talk to on a daily basis, message back and forth a couple people that we met um, while on that trip. I mean, it just, it hits on a different level, you know, making friends around the world. And that's what really is the driver to get me back to any country is doing things with locals. When I went to Africa and I went to... I think it was South Africa and there was a place called Bloberg I went to and we had like a gathering in like a like a bar outside and all the kids all the families all came along and we were dancing we were eating food together and stuff and I still remember that very fondly even though that was like five years ago now but those are the moments that you're absolutely right you remember and you just want to go back and I still got friends from Africa that I keep in touch with still. I guess what you're doing is getting a message out on socials is really, really important. And I I think you said you're working with an agency in London. So the question I was going to ask you was, how well has that video done on your socials? Yeah, so I've put it on multiple platforms, but just my Instagram page alone, that video has gotten 127,000 views. And that's only one piece of content. You're also talking about pushing out 20 or 30 stories every single day that we were there for nine days. You're talking about Facebook posts, Twitter tweets, um, just everything. So, I mean, the message is there, you know? And not only that, um, you know, it's not just social, you know? A lot of the properties and a lot of the brands that we work with, they opt in to buy the content that we shoot. And they use it for whether brochures, whether it's marketing collateral, whether it's their website, whether it's slideshow, whatever it is, it it goes so much deeper. I mean, people just see the front end and they see the big following and they see the, you know, and they all of a sudden they think influencer stuff, but that's, it's such the tip of the iceberg. It literally represents 5% of what we do. We go so deep into campaigns and the creation of everything. Um, you know, some brands hire us to just come out and shoot specifically to make short video clips to run Facebook ads. And then we have a whole team that runs Facebook ads very effectively. So, you know, it, it just, every brand is different and so are their needs. Every project is customized to our clients and the needs. So you get the results that you want. Therefore, there's no real, I mean, yes, there's packages, but Really, there's every trip that we do, every campaign that we do is customized to what they want. You know, we go through, we we start and we go backwards. You know, what results are you looking for? And then we'll tell you, we worked into steps backwards, how to get there. You know, and that's really where Seeb's expertise comes into play. And there's another guy behind us, Marty. And between those two guys, 
you know, that's where every, all of that stuff really goes really deep and, and getting the ROI that they deserve. To add to that, that's how me and Scott originally, you know, connected and we, and the light bulbs went off where we're just like, wait a second. So we can be using your platform for distribution. We can be creating 10 times the amount of content that you could be creating on your own. We could push it out there as a trusted travel personality. I'll use that word versus influencer because I think that, you know, there's girls that would go to Kenya and just take uh, photos by the pool in a bikini. And I don't consider that being a personality, if you will. Um, so being able to use a trusted person, create content around that, and then not only use all that's organic, you know, that's just him just posting. And within 48 hours, that happens on this platform. But the way we build these campaigns is that you have so many other things that you can create from it that a, a brand can essentially run ads for the next two, three, four years sometimes all off one shoot. And that's where I've just personally seen and working with clients in the past where they're like, well, we got to do another video. We got to do another video. We got to do another video. So I figured ways to kind of just merge all this together and get as much content as you possibly could out of a you know, a week of filming. And then they can run with even have organic content to be posting on their socials for the next six to 12 months, all from one trip. The challenges you may have faced whilst filming. I remember when I was with you, Scott, in Greece, I think you wanted to do a drone shot near the Olympic Stadium, the old Olympic Stadium, but we couldn't because you had to be further out. Did you face any challenges whilst you were in Kenya or was it very plain sailing? We had... Um, we did not have drone approval for okay. most of the areas. There was one specific spot we, we were able to for a second, but... Did that have a hindrance on what you had plans to do? Um, no, because I planned, you know, I, I have experience filming safaris, so I know kind of everything, all the setups I needed. And I went into it knowing we, we probably wouldn't be flying most places. In my opinion, it's like you're doing a disservice to the overall video because those shots are so exceptional and ways to really just tie in all these other close-ups when you can truly see the full landscape of everything. Um, but I get, it, you know, they don't want people flying their drones into drafts or anything like that, which makes a ton of sense. <laughs> um, the other complications are really, you know, on Safari, it's very bumpy. It's very you know, especially when you're trying to use a 600 millimeter lens, it can be a challenge. So luckily enough, I, like I said, I had that experience to know just the ultimate setups. I had three or four cameras at all times ready to go, basically. So I didn't need to worry about lens swaps. Didn't need, you know, things can happen like that out there. You know, you can be driving through something and a pack of hyenas just pops out of the grass, you know, or a uh, of elephants when we pulled out of the story. Oh that, man. That we pulled out of our camp and I think it was 32 elephants were just like right there in the middle of the road blocking it. And it was just like, whoa, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> so just knowing the right equipment, making sure you have a uh, like dust protection and stuff, making sure your lens doesn't get dirty as you're, as you're, barging through some areas of the bush, you know? Um, but overall, everything came out awesome. <laughs> Scott, do you have anything to add, add to that? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we got lucky twice 
and we were actually on property and the owner was there of the camp um, one time. And then one time the guy who runs it was there and we got approval. So we we're able to fly a few times and get some pretty epic content. So we were able to fly a little bit, but obviously you want to be able to fly everywhere. But having said that, listen, there are idiots in the world and these rules are there for a reason. And I understand that. And you know, even we were talking when we were in Greece, I don't fly generally in the middle of the day because I like to fly when there's no people around, when I'm landing and taking off. I don't want to disturb people, I don't, but I want the shots. So I end up flying most of the time during the sunrise because I do them every day. But you know, you're, you're flying, you're getting epic content because the lighting is perfect. The lighting is just coming up. Sometimes you get that fog and that mist and then you're not bothering anybody and you still get the shot. So you win on all counts, you know? So you just have to be very mindful when you're doing these campaigns. Yes, you want the best shot, but above and beyond anything is to be respectful to the surrounding area and the people and especially the wildlife. Guess the more you do these to get the more experience you have because you were talking about having the camera set up so you don't have to constantly keep changing lenses and stuff but that comes with experience doesn't it and scott i assume things that you've learned from that trip that you can take on on, on the next trip yeah of course i mean i you know i've been shooting content and and doing this so i was doing it not knowing that i was building a personal brand before the word influencer was even a word um so I, yeah, I mean, my videos are night and day compared to when I started. And, and I can say the same about me and Seeb's. You know, if you look at the stuff that we did when we first went out and shot together, because this is all you're doing is testing all the time. Even when we were in Kenya, is all you're doing is testing. What works? Because our next trip to Africa is all we're going to think about is things that didn't work. And then eliminate those from the thing or shoot it a little bit different. And, you know, it, it's the most important thing about doing these trips and, and working together like we do. So when we're in Florida, we actually don't see a lot of each other because he's very busy with his local clients. I'm, I literally can't wait to get out of here. So I'm working on my next trip. Um, but you always have to remember that growth in your brand, when you're working so deep in my personal brand and his personal brand, growth is a team sport. You're never going to grow as fast as you need to on your own. You have to have the right pieces to the puzzle surrounding you. And you constantly have to make each other better. You have to. If you don't, the relationship is not going to end up in the right way. Somebody is going to get mad at the other one and you guys are just going to split one day. You always have to make sure you're giving enough and the taking part is easy. That's going to come organically, but you have to always give to the other side and grow as a brand, as a team versus, okay, well, I'm going to do it this way and I don't care what you do. You always got to, you always got to do it as a team. I think there's a, a huge misconception out there too. You know, people see people on Instagram, influencers on Instagram, and it's up, it's like, oh, well, I'll just grow a 10 million person audience and just do this and do that. And then they start getting into it and realize 
how do they do this? They don't realize that people that are up there that are doing this professionally, you know, have full teams behind them. Like, you know, anywhere from five to 15 people could be helping curate that content. You have no idea how many hours of edits go into the footage from Kenya. I mean, that video alone, that take that video alone was probably 80 plus hours. The photos were, I mean, another 30, 40 hours probably to go through and really like curate them the right way. And, you know, because I'm making them so that you can blow them up huge. I do prints and stuff too. Um, So I'm doing everything super high quality and touching them all up correctly. And that's only just one video and photos. Now, if you're going to build a true campaign out of it, you know, add another hundred hours in editing to that project. And it's like, for me to personally do that would be, I would have to do one trip and sit here for two months by myself to do that and then take the next trip. And then, and I realized that kind of early on where a lot of these creators, they're just get, they become, they're so in their business instead of working on their business. So I always wanted to build a team that can help me go further. It's the same way Scott's, you know, we collaborated because it's just, if you want to go, what's the line? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go as a team, you know, and that's like, you just get burnt out. You get too tired. You can't travel. And then all the fun comes out of it. And I think we both can say like, we love what we do. You know, we, this excites me to get up every day. I was up at 4.30 this morning just because I was like, oh, I should put together some photos and slideshows and video clips for the, the podcast coming up. Um, and I just get so excited that I can't like legitimately can't sleep. <laughs> and, and, and not only that, you know, if you look at some of these big uh, content creators, like the really big ones, you always see them in all their videos all by themselves. And there are huge teams behind these people. Like, why not shine the light on everybody? If you ever watch any of my videos, I actually hate being the only one in my videos. I love when Siebs comes to my video and we're actually working on a concept right now to pitch our own TV show um, outside of the one that I have. And, you know, like, it, it's, it's more fun when you do it as a team. It's lonely at the top. That's not just a slogan. That actually came from somewhere. The other thing, too, just to add one other thing, is people love the behind the scenes. The marketing has shifted over the last five to 10 years, where in the past it had to be, you need to present this perfectly polished image, and that's the only way you're going to get business or whatnot. It doesn't matter if you're a restaurant and you're showcasing, hey, we're, we're thinking about some new dishes, and here's what we're, we're doing, or you're a travel brand that you're showcasing the behind the scenes of, Hey, we're setting up this uh, hot tub for a honeymoon couple, you know, look at how amazing this is right on the sand river sunset, like just showing the behind the scenes. Like I'm always showing stuff on the production side. I'm always trying to teach through my Instagram more about uh, video or photo or marketing or building a business, anything like to be able to help others figure it out as well. And then showcase and, it's more entertaining too, because it's like when all you see is the perfectly polished images, you don't realize some of the other things that happen in travel. And, and I'm sure, Sheds, you've experienced it enough to where it's like, oh, this flight was delayed, or oh, it took 44 hours to fly back from the Maldives, or oh, like, you know, whatever it may be, those moments happen. And it's like, let's just, let's just show it all because the more 
transparent you are, the more the audience likes it, the more they get involved. Me and Scott are actually working on a trip where we let the audience choose our adventure (laughs) and they vote for everything that we do. And we kind of have like a framework, but it's like, all right, are we going North or South? Right. Okay. Are we going (laughs) to this destination? You know, are we going to go do an adventurous concept or something a little more bougie, like a wine tasting, you know, where are you guys going to send us and and what are we going to get into that day? But the audience chooses our adventure. With the engagement side of things, because you mentioned Scott there about influencers and whatnot, because you're amazing at getting the engagement through your socials. Just tell people why engagement is so important. Because when I was with you in Greece, whilst we were still out and about, you were still engaging with your audience. Why is that so important to you? Well, it's the only thing that matters. That is the epicenter of ROI. Um, if you ever want to show any kind of ROI on your um, content, you, you need that engagement. You need those people to really, first off, to go, to go back and answer your question very simply, these people are taking their time out of their lives to comment on something. Like, how are you raised? Are you just not going to? It's like walking down the street. Somebody looks at you in the eye and says, hello, and you just walk past. Now, as you chirp, as you giggle, and, and as absurd as that sounds, that's what you're doing in real life on social because there is a human on the other side of that phone that has taken time out of their day to say, hey, nice shot, or hey, here's an emoji, here, whatever it is. You have to show them that much respect back, if not more. So for me, it's just a base based on respect. But but the next level is um, that is the that's the cornerstone of your content creation is engagement. Just posting for that matter. Why do you allow comments? You can turn off comments on every post. So why like comments? If it's just going to be a one-sided transaction and you're never going to show ROI and you just want to show beautiful pictures, just go be a photographer. You have no engagement and there you go. So can I just get completely off topic? And I just want to bring up something before I forget it. Um, Siebes mentioned something to me when we first got to visit the Maasai tribe when we got to Kenya. Um, he mentioned something to me about when he was growing up and I, I just want him to share that because it really goes into everything that we're talking about, about how Africa hits you different than anywhere else. Um, you want to tell that story? I know, you know, Yeah. so, so this was a very like big deja vu, like goosebump moment for me. I got out of the Jeep and I saw kind of the whole setup and I was just like frozen. Scott's like, What's wrong, dude? <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. So I used to have a background on my computer when I was growing up. I don't even know where this photo came from. I just found it somewhere online. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It was uh, a group of guys all assembled in their colorful dress, you know, their beads, everything. And then the guys in the middle were jumping. And I did not even know what it meant. I was just like, this is so cool that this exists somewhere. This is awesome. And I had it on my background for like a year or two. My friends would be like, who are those people? I'm like, I don't even know, but look how cool that is. So we got out of the Jeep 
And I literally saw that exact photo like through my eyes of the tribe of people standing in front. They were all doing the like their song and dance and, and started jumping. And I was just like, this is crazy, man. This is like the definition of manifesting your reality, you know, being able to step into something that you just didn't imagine you would get to. I mean, before I did this, when I was doing e-commerce, that's the automotive industry, you know? So you're bouncing around car dealerships. I didn't think within the next six, seven years, I would be kind of living out some of these things you grew up watching, you know? So it's just so, it was so cool. It was such a surreal moment. And it, it was hard to explain. That's where Scott was just like, dude, are you okay? You're going to pass out? Like what's happening, you know? <laughs> I guess realizing the dream has become a reality. That's something that I can I can tell you. You see it for yourself for the first time in real life. Right. I I know exactly what you what you what you say. And then to meet them, for them to take us into their homes to show oh. you the insides of their places, to meet the the chief, you know, to spend time with us, like it was just incredible for people to watch it on their own where can they find the video itself and where can they find your work as well Seebs? i am Seebs gerard on all platforms c-e-e-b-z underscore gerard um most active mostly on instagram like i said if you want to follow along see some of the behind the scenes everything from the trips to the business side of things uh definitely follow along there also have a ton of other travel content, travel videos, as well as a Kenya video on my YouTube under Siege Gerard. So go check that out and uh, drop me some comments. Let me know what you think. I'll engage the engagement, if you will. <laughs> and Scott, where can they find your stuff? I'm at Mr. Scott Eddie everywhere. Uh, and that's also my website, MrScottEddie.com. Fascinating having you guys on, talking about the Kenya trip, but also just an insight on what it's like to go film and why it's important to have a team as well. So thank you both for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I'll speak to you guys very soon. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.